Hello, today is the 28th of October 2020-21. We are going to read chapter 47 from Sai Baba's Sai Satcharita. The chapter is entitled Baba's Reminiscences. Here we are going to see the story of Virabhadrappa and Chen Basappa, that is the story of the snake and the frog. The last chapter described Baba's reminiscences about two goats. This chapter describes more such reminiscences and relates the story of Virabhadrapa and Chenbasappa. Preliminary Blessed is the face of Sai. If we cast a glance at him for a moment, he destroys the sorrow of many past births and confers great bliss on us. And if he looks at us with grace, our bondage of karma is immediately snapped away and we are led to happiness. The river Ganges washes away the dirt and sins of all people who go to her for a bath but she intently intently longs for the saints to come to her and bless her with the touch of their feet and remove all the filth sins accumulated in her. She knows for certain that this can only be removed by the holy feet of the saints. Sai is the crest jewel of the saints and now hear from him the following purifying story. The snake and the frog, Sai Baba said. One morning, after taking my breakfast, I strolled along till I came to a small river bank. As I was tired, I rested there, washed my hands and feet and had a bath and felt refreshed. There was a footpath and a cart track sheltered by shady trees. The breeze was also blowing gently. As I was preparing to smoke chillum, I heard the croaking of a frog. I was striking the flint and lighting the fire when a traveller turned up, sat by my side, bowed down to me and politely invited me to his house for meals and rest. He lit up the pipe and handed it over to me. The croaking was heard again and he wanted to know what it was. I told him that a frog was in trouble and was tasting the bitter fruit of its own karma. We have to reap now the fruit of what we sow in our past and there is no use crying about it now. Then he smoked and handed over the pipe to me and said that he would go there in person and see for himself. I told him that a frog was caught by a big snake and was crying. Both were very wicked in their past life and were now reaping the fruit of their past actions in the present bodies. He went and found that a huge black serpent was holding a big frog in its mouth. He returned to me and said that in about 10 or 12 minutes, the frog would be eaten up by the snake. I said, no, this can't be. I am its father, protector, and I am here now. 
How shall I allow the snake to eat it up? Am I here for nothing? Just see how I release it. After smoking again, we walked up to the place. He was afraid and asked me not to proceed further as the snake might attack us. Not minding us, not minding him, I went ahead and addressed the creatures thus. O oh, Virabhadrapa, has not your enemy Vasapa yet repented, though he has been born as a frog, and you too, though born as a serpent, still hold bitter enmity against him. Be ashamed of yourself. Give up your hatred now and rest in peace. On hearing these words, the snake left the frog quickly and dived into the river and disappeared. The frog also jumped away and hid itself in the bushes. The traveller was much surprised. He said that he could not understand how the snake dropped the frog and disappeared on hearing the words. Who was Virabhadrapa and who was Vasapa? And what was the cause of their enmity? I returned with him to the foot of the tree and after sharing again a few puffs of smoke with him, I explained the whole mystery to him as follows. There was an ancient holy place sanctified by a temple of Mahadev about a four to five miles from my place. The temple was old and dilapidated. The residents of the place collected funds for its repairs. After a large amount was collected, arrangement for worship was made and plans with estimates for repair was prepared. A rich local man was appointed. The treasurer and the whole work was entrusted to him. He was to keep regular accounts and be honest in all his dealings. He was a first-class miser and spent very little for the repairs, which consequently made very little progress. He spent all the funds, swallowed some amount himself, and spent nothing from his pocket. He had a sweet tongue and was very clever in offering plausible explanations regarding the poor and handy progress of the work. The people again went to him and said, that unless he went that unless he lent his helping hand and tried his best the work would not be complete they requested him to work out the scheme and again they requested him to work out the scheme and again collect his subscription and send the amount to him he received it but sat as quiet as before without making any progress. After some days, God Mahadev appeared in his wife's dream and said to her, You get up, build the dome of the temple. I will give you a hundredfold of what you spent. She told this vision to her husband. He was afraid that it would involve him in expenses and therefore laughed it off saying that it was a mere dream, a thing not to be relied and acted upon or else why did not God appear to him in the dream and tell him about it? Was he far off from her? This looks like a bad dream. Having its object in the creation of ill feeling between husband and wife, she had to remain quiet. God does not like big subscriptions and donations collected against the wishes of the donors, but he likes ever trifling amounts given with love, devotion and gratitude. Some days after, 
God again appeared in a dream and said, Do not bother yourself about your husband and the collections with him. Don't presume to spend any money for the temple. What I want is bhava and devotion. So give, if you like, anything of your own. She consulted her husband about this vision and decided to give God her ornaments given by her father. The miser felt disconcerted and decided to cheat even God in this item. He undervalued the ornaments at rupees thousand and bought them himself and in lieu of the amount gave a barren field to God as endowment or security. The wife agreed to this. The field or land was not his own. It belonged to one poor woman named Dubaki who mortgaged it to him for rupees 200. She was not able to redeem it for long. So the cunning miser cheated all his wife, Dubaki and even God. The land was sterile, uncultivated and worth nothing and yielded nothing even in the best season. Thus ended this transaction and the land was given in possession of the poor priest who was pleased with the endowment. Sometime later strange things happened. There was a terrific storm and heavy downpour lightning struck the house of the miser when he and his wife both died. Dubaki also breathed her last. In the next life, the rich miser was born at Mathura in a Brahmin family and was named Veeravadrapa. His devote wife was born as the daughter of the priest of the temple and was named Gauri. The woman Dubaki, the mortgager, was born as a male in the family of the Gaurav attendant of the temple and was named Chenvasappa. The priest was a friend of mine. He often came to me chatted and smoked with me. His daughter Gauri was also devoted to me. She was growing fast and her father was seeking a good husband for her. I told him not to worry about this as the bridegroom himself would come seeking her. Then there came a poor boy named Veerabhadrabha wandering and begging his bread to the priest's house. With my consent, Gauri was recommended his marriage I'm sorry. With my consent, Gauri was given in marriage to him. He was also devoted to me initially as I recommended his marriage with Gauri, but later became my son. Even in this new life, he was hankering after money and asked me to help him to get it as he was leading a married man's life. Strange things happened. There was a sudden rise in prices by Gauri's good luck. There was a great demand for land and the land was sold for one lakh of rupees, hundred times the worth of her ornaments. Half the amount was paid in cash and the remaining was repaid in 25 installments of rupees 2000 each. All agreed to this transaction but um, okay Half the amount was paid in cash and the remaining was to be paid in 25 installments of rupees 2000 each. All agreed to this transaction but began to quarrel over the money. They came to me for consultation. I told them that the property belonged to God and was vested in the priest and 
and that gauri was a soulless and proprietress and no amount should be sent should be spent without her consent and that her husband had no right whatsoever to the amount on hearing my opinion veerabhadrappa was annoyed with me and said that i wanted to establish gauri's claim and embezzle her property on hearing his words i remembered god and kept quiet veerabhadrappa scolded his wife gauri and she came to me at noon and requested me not to mind the words of others and not to discard her as she was my daughter as she as she thus sought my protection i gave her a pledge that i would cross seven seas to i would cross seven seas to help her then that night gauri had a vision mahadev appeared in her dream and said the whole money is yours do not give anything to anybody spend some amount for temple purposes in consultation with jain basappa and if you want to use it for some other purpose consult baba in the masjid gauri told me the vision and i gave her proper advice in the matter i told her to take the principal or capital amount of herself give half the amount of interest to jain basappa and that veerabhadrappa had nothing to do in the matter while i was thus talking both veerabhadrappa and jain basappa came there calling i tried my best to pacify them and told them of god's vision to gauri veerabhadrappa got wild and angry and threatened to kill jain and threatened to kill uh, and threatened to kill jain basappa cutting him to pieces the latter was timid he caught my feet and got and sought refuge in me i pledged myself to save him from the wrath of his folk then after some time veerabhadrappa died and was born as a snake and jain basappa died and was born as a frog on hearing the croaking of jain basappa and remembering my pledge i came here saved him and kept my word god runs to his devotees for help in times of danger he saved jain basappa the frog by sending me here all this is god's leela or sport the moral of this story is that no one has to reap what one the moral of the story is that one has to reap what one sows and there is no escape unless one suffers and squares up one's old debts and dealings with others and that greed for money drags the greedy man to the lowest level and ultimately brings destruction for him and others bow to shri sai peace be to all om samarth satguru shri sai nadaya namaha om samarth satguru shri sai nadaya namaha om samarth satguru shri sai nadaya namaha